Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Les Bowen. Hey, Les, what's up? Greetings, Jeff. Thanks for everybody joining us. It's the Inquirer Podcast uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, today we're looking at the New Orleans Saints. The Eagles play one of the top teams in the NFC once again with Sean Payton. Uh, no Drew Brees this Sunday, though. It'll be Taysom Hill at quarterback. But nevertheless, uh, they've still been, been able to kind of weather that storm and continue to win, win games because they have great depth on, on both sides of the ball. Um, and the Eagles, meanwhile, 3-8-1 and one, and, and – you know, obviously winning the division wasn't going to really mean much in the big picture, but it's now starting to look kind of dire. They're about a game and a half. They are not about. They are a game and a half behind both the Redskins and the Giants. And, you know, the Eagles obviously have a tall task here. And and if one of those two teams or both those teams win this Sunday, then you're at two and a half behind with three to go. So, you know, and you have to top, top two teams instead of one and, you know, I mean, I know a lot of fans don't even really care about the playoffs, but we still have to kind of cover that possibility. Um, best case scenario is they lose out, right, Les? I mean, you get a high draft pick. I guess so. I, I think that leaves a smoking crater here. I, I, I think it's probably the best for the fans, but not just because of the high draft pick, but because it has to drive home to Jeffrey Lurie how messed up this is. And that this isn't something you just sort of shrug off because of COVID or, or whatever and hope everything gets better next season. Uh, you know, I think losing out would just put them in such a crisis state that there'd have to be big changes. Well, and you, I think that's necessary. Yeah, you recall 2011, they, you know, they had the four-game winning streak to finish 8-8 exactly. eight, eight and eight and it ended up being fool's goal. But Jeff, you know, rationalized that that was – you know, they, they ended the season on an upward trend, and that was the reason enough to bring Andy back. And right. and what that taught me was there's no such thing as giving somebody one last chance at coaching a team. I mean, you don't have a mandate if you're the coach for just the next year. You know, that's useless to a coach. Uh, go ahead and make the change if you think you need to make the change. You know, don't say, well, if a miracle happens, then, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll we'll keep this guy around. Uh, yeah, you know, so, so it sounds like we're in agreement. I mean, Doug is uh, barring some sort of miracle here. I, I, I really don't think he's going to return. I, I'm not saying he should be the fall guy for all the faults, but it just seems like if they – well, again, a lot's going to depend upon what they're going to do with quarterback. I know we're kind of getting off the, t- <laughs> the, beat, yeah. off the track That's here. Our- Important for stuff. the game, but I mean, this is this is all important stuff. Um, yeah, it's I, I think Howie Roseman should be the fall guy first, but that we we both, I think, assume that's unlikely because of his relationship with Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, and if you know, one of those two things has to change either the coach or the GM. I'd kind of like to see both, but I don't, I think that's unlikely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, you, you, you tried, as you brought up many times, they tried last year, the, we'll bring in somebody to help Doug and they got these, uh, 27 cooks in the kitchen, uh, you know, offense that is even worse. So I don't see that you can reach for that kind of solution again. Uh, I, I, I don't know what else they do. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. I, I, and I, quite frankly, I wonder if Doug wants to return. Uh, I know we've kind of talked about that before, and it, it's a little bit speculative, but not really. I mean, uh, you know, back in January, he, 
you know, he was he was pretty upset when they forced him to make those coaching changes. They eventually convinced him of it, but um, you know, I'd heard that that he was he, he just quite quite frankly sick of being kind of bossed around by those two. And you know, and when I say those two, it's, it's Howie and Jeff. And yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. Jeff, uh, Howie most likely is back, and and it certainly has something to do with their their. Uh, his trust in Howie, but, but also because I think Howie allows Jeff to be involved. Very involved. Yes. As well. And then you, you hire someone new. I mean, a lot of, you know, sometimes you'll see this where they just want to clean house and, and hire the GM or the head coach first and allow them to pick the guy that they want to work with. And, you know, that you know, having someone existing in place sometimes makes your choices uh, slimmer. Uh, so, um, yes. And that's kind of what happened with, that's what happened with Chip Kelly. And that's what happened with Doug Peterson. Um, that kind of was what happened with Andy Reed, uh, as well. They've never really gotten a yep. hot top guy. I mean, Chip had, Chip had other suitors yeah. as well, but he, you know, he was coming from college and he, yeah, he was almost running from college. I mean, he had, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he probably wasn't going to be able to coach another year because of the, uh, or at least Oregon. Were, yeah, the people at Oregon were kind of fed up with Chip. But I remember that coaching search very vividly. And the main thing I remember is that nobody they talked to ended up being a great coach. They talked to Gus Bradley. They talked to uh, Bill O'Brien, who wasn't ready to leave Penn State at that point. Yeah. And they talked to, uh, what's his name, at Notre Dame. Uh, yes, Brian Kelly. Yeah, you know uh, they didn't have anybody on their list that was any that was any great shakes, uh, and that's that's the risk you run. And you can really say that about the Doug Peterson hire as well. And it obviously got them a Super Bowl. But Adam Gase, uh, you know uh, Ben McAdoo, the, guy, the guy that uh, ended up coaching the Giants for a couple of years, Ben McAdoo, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Tom I mean, Coughlin. Uh, who, Tom Coughlin. They're trying to get him, but, yeah, but that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know that I have a lot of faith in their process, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the offense has got to change. The offense has, has to have, you know, somebody's got to come in here and save Carson Wentz, I think. I think it's crazy to talk about trading him or cutting him, yeah. uh, at least in the next year. And I think. The idea, even if you could do that, the idea that you can just walk away from having run, you know, one of the top young quarterbacks in the league into the ground, like, oh, well, we totaled that car. Let's buy a new one. Uh, you know, I just I, I think it, it it impugns your reputation <laughs> that this happened. You know, you have to you have to find a way to get to get your investment back basically is what I'm saying. Right. Well, the, which brings you me to my next question. How much can Jalen hurts? Look, we, we, we only know that he's going to start this Sunday against, against the saints. Doug hasn't committed to anything beyond that. My guess is that he'll go with him, even if he struggles and, and that there's a good chance he'll struggle Sunday against that defense. I think he'd have to be awful. You know, yeah. To not get the start yeah. in Arizona. I think they've made this change, and it's hard to go back from it this season. Uh, it's, you know, you, then you just look like you're clutching at straws if you go right back to Wentz after one week. Yeah, this will, this will give you an opportunity to, to see what you have in Hurts, 
while also giving Carson uh, an extended break to kind of sit back and watch and, and clear his head. And, uh, and then my other, which leads me to my other question, if Hertz is good, what does that say about Wentz in 2021? And if he's bad, what does it say? I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I, I don't think he's going to be good enough to the point where you're going right. to be like, okay, this is our future. And I'm not saying Hertz can't be good. Yeah, that's the thing. I Yeah, looking at who they're playing, it's, they don't the, Dallas is the only bad defense they play uh, these last four weeks. Uh, Jalen Hurts might have a lot of potential, but before last Sunday, he'd taken 33 snaps in the NFL. Uh, I'd, I'll be amazed if he really lights, lights it up here. If he does, then yeah, okay. I, you know, I'll go along with that. I, you know, I've been wrong before, but I, what what I think will, will be something in between. I don't think he'll be horrible. I think he can run for enough first downs to, you know, move the chains a little bit. Uh, I don't think he'll be Mike McMahon, you know, who's the worst I ever saw out there for the Eagles. But I don't think he'll be good either. I think it'll be kind of the same offense with maybe a little more juice. Uh, maybe he can scramble around a little bit f- longer and find guys like he found Greg Ward on that 32-yard fourth and 18 play. Yeah. But you don't make your living on fourth and 18 plays. And uh, unless a whole lot changes, unless the offensive line gels, unless the defense really, you know, stops giving up gigantic plays as soon as the offense does something right, uh, you know, there's too much going on here for, it, you know, Jalen Hurts to work magic. Yeah, I think we'll kind of see what we almost like what we saw in that brief appearance on Sunday is that, right, he'll, he'll scramble for some first downs here and there. Maybe on some, we didn't really keep on seem to keep on design zone reads, but he'll get he'll get some yards there as well as will Miles My, Sanders or whatever running back is in the backfield, and he'll he'll hit some throws. I mean, the the fade pass was what we saw in training camp was the I really thought was the best throw he had. Um, yeah, it was, but but if he's forced into situations where he has to kind of stand in the pocket and go through, have to rely on his accuracy downfield. I think there's going to be trouble there. He's going to spray the ball. I mean, he sprayed the ball a little bit. Yeah on Sunday right and it's just that's just going to happen with him and um Plus the receivers don't get great separation they're not a, a, a wonderful group I think the the bloom is off the Travis Fulgham Lily a little yeah, bit yep. uh, you know I, it, this isn't uh he's going to be standing back there looking for guys unless the tight ends are really good yeah you know it's going to be uh, the same same problems they had I think especially against that defense less hesitation maybe because he hasn't been beaten to death as much as Carson Wentz has. But, you know, I just don't see it. If the offense looks reborn, I'll just, I'll be astonished. Right. And especially against this defense. I mean, this is the number one ranked defense, uh, number one in yards, I think number three in points or points and Devo uh, four. Yeah. Defensive, you know, four in points lately has been, you know, it started, the Saints started the season with, kind of a fluke their defense wasn't very good they gave up over 30 several times and then it just stopped and three of the last five games they've given up single yeah (laughs) they well they figured they figured they figured it out um and i think honestly i think malcolm jenkins a little bit of a piece of that because former eagle now the safety uh safeties with the saints because he had his struggles early as well and now yeah. you're kind of seeing uh, the Malcolm we saw in Philadelphia where he's kind of running the ship there. I mean, I don't think he's like 
you know, a world beater at any point at this point in his career. Um, but he's also a general back there. And it seems like guys are in the right spot. Um, they're getting, they're getting a, a steady pass rush from always from Cameron Jordan, yeah. but uh, Marcus Davenport um, is, is, you know, very good. Uh, you have a really good linebacker in Demario Davis who plays all three downs. He can, you know, he can run sideline to sideline. Uh, he's, he's a tough, he's a tough linebacker, just old school kind of guy. Yeah. And then in their set, and their corners are good too. And the corners are yeah. You have Janoris Jenkins, who's now healthy and back. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is you know former first round pick. He he has his ups and downs. <laughs> um, I like him, but yeah, you're right. He does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patrick Robinson is not even one of the starters. Uh, he plays some, but um, but then you got Marcus Williams more. Yeah, I think P. Rob is hurt, but yeah, that's a guy that uh, boy he had a hell of a year here. Uh, the Super Bowl year. It's a shame they couldn't have kept him around. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you, that defense is, is playing at a pretty high level. I think some of that certainly has to do with their opponents. You see those last several weeks. But, um, yeah. you know. They've had Atlanta twice here lately, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, you're still talking about Julio Jones and Calvin. You're still talking about quality receivers. And Matt Ryan is a, is a quality quarterback. He's not, you know, great by any means or especially now this season, yeah. but you're talking about really some really good receivers. I mean, I don't know if mm-hmm. Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and Alshon Jeffrey are going to really scare uh, and Greg Ward are going right. to scare the Steelers. Uh, so I, 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 my guess is that we'll see a lot of running. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, they're going to try to run it and it's a tough defense to run on, especially if they know it's coming. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine they're going to just blast holes with this offensive line in particular. That, you know, I didn't think the offensive line for the Eagles looked good at all at Green Bay. The, the players seemed to have a different concept. I don't know what they were looking at, but yeah, the running game was horrible at Green Bay. I mean, I think Doug Peterson took a lot of uh, grief for not running it more, but they were just running into a brick wall. Uh, when you get behind like that, you just, you know, and you lose – two or three yards, uh, when you run it, uh, you're not going to run it again. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a problem to me. I don't, I, you'd have to prove to me that they have a good running offensive line right now. I, I haven't seen it so much. Right. You, you, uh, you know, Malata's, I think has, you know, somebody asked him the question about settling in. I actually feel like he has settled in, uh, but he hasn't yeah. been the issue. It's just been, you know, the inexperience, with uh, Driscoll and Nate Herbig when he's had to be in there. And, and and JT hasn't been good when he's played. He's playing with a toe that he can't push, big toe that he can't push. No, and he, he didn't practice you Thursday. Know. So, I mean, sounds like he's, yeah, you know, I don't know if yeah. he's going to be out there. So, you got Nate Herbig again. And, and Kelsey's doing all that he can, but yeah. he's got he's got a busted elbow. I mean, uh, he's clearly right. not 100%. Right. Isaac Samilo, I think, has been kind of a disappointment since coming back. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that you can get away with at left guard if you've got uh, you know a real good left tackle and a real good center. I think he's decent, yeah. but he's not going to lift anybody else's uh, game, you know. And uh, yeah, I this just look it, the the issue of Malcolm Jenkins, uh, which you wrote about today. I just envision Malcolm Jenkins over there watching the Eagles come out of the huddle, yeah. yelling, you know. <laughs> Okay, uh, 
uh, zone left. Well, the funny thing is Jim Schwartz gave um, the story on Tuesday about how, like, you know, the one thing very rare, I don't think he said it even ever happened where he had, you know, he heard the O-line saying something about how they're going to play the Eagles pass rush. Yeah. And he knew exactly what they were saying. It was certainly some sort of code or whatever right. it is. And he ran over to the sideline and told Schwartz, hey, call this play. And we're going to get a sack. Yeah. And Jim actually did it. Jim typically, of course, wouldn't do that, but did it. And they got the sack. And, um, so, yeah. that, I mean, just Malcolm, you know, very smart. And he said it was probably one of the smartest players he's ever coached yeah. and really lavished a lot. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting today. The reaction to your piece, a lot of fans on Twitter were like, well, you can't blame him for that because he's going to be 33 years old and you know, they've got enough old guys. The issue is making the you keeping the wrong old guys. Right, right. You know, I, I can't believe people don't understand that. As you pointed out, it wasn't a lot of money that they were talking yeah. about. And we're not talking, you know, nobody thinks that Malcolm would have been here another 10 years or something. But they replaced him with Jalen Mills. You know, I mean, it, it was not a good plan. They could have run Malcolm out there this year without killing themselves cap-wise and had a much better defense, right. especially in yeah, the it ended, being, it ended up being and, an average you know, salary it, increase of like $565,000. And it would have been another guaranteed year. Yeah. Um, and maybe next year you're wondering if, you know, maybe – you, you 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 waited too long before getting rid of Malcolm, but right. I guess they were thinking about this year, and it just seemed like the it seemed like the wrong right. guy. And as you mentioned, what they replaced him with was basically Rodney. They brought back Rodney, and they brought back Jalen Mills, the cheaper price. They brought in Will Parks. They thought he would help out, but he you know he's already since been released. And 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 I do feel like Rodney and Jalen have been fine, uh, and they've kind of settled into their roles. But early on, especially with Mills, right. I was going to say Jalen's been way up and way down yeah. to me. There are games where he's played well. There's been games where he's been yeah. a disaster. And I don't know if that's just a matter of learning the position or what it is, but it's been very erratic to me. And I think the defense has been yeah. very erratic. They're, they've had some good games. They've had some I just felt like games. there were so many missed and, assignments in the early games for the defense. Like there was a touchdown Logan Thomas against the Redskins where you see guys talking to each other. Afterwards, blown assignment. Yeah. How many blown yeah. assignments were in the Rams games? Uh, there were a couple blown assignments in the in the Bengals game, and I felt like early on they were still yeah. trying to they were trying to figure out how to play without Malcolm. I mean, Malcolm typically would be like, "All right, yeah. this is th- this or that," or he would he would get guys lined up, he would cover for them. I and mean, Malcolm, one time during when he was asking for more money, he was like tweeting out and explaining uh, plays on Twitter that he made that you you wouldn't even have any clue what the heck was happening unless he said so but you realized oh that right. he made that play because someone else would be your assignment or he made that play because he all of a sudden kind of freelanced and so a lot of that stuff doesn't really show up right. in the stat sheet a lot of that stuff you really don't know unless you're you're you actually know the call and you know why he did it so and i felt like that was what really hurt them in the early going and since then we've had a few games and look i'm not saying malcolm was brian dawkins or or Ronnie Lott, and there were certainly games when they, they gave up a lot of yards as well. But I felt like it was typically more because of other guys than it was because of Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, again, he was not any sort of long-term solution, but he would have made them a better team this year, and it would not have cost them that much money. And you can't just say, old guy, oh, they did the right thing. You know, that's 
no, they kept a bunch right. of old guys who haven't helped right. them at all. And they got rid of them. Well, I mean, or they that. could have drafted Jeremy Chin, Chin in the second round, and he's he yes. may win up winning uh, NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. Go figure. He go go could. figure. So, uh, um, yes. Well, so I, I think we kind of delved into that deeply. Let's just look really quickly at the other side of the ball. Um, you know, Taysom Hill is not Drew Brees, uh, certainly. <laughs> Uh, in terms of accuracy yeah. and um, uh, but also just in terms of you know style I mean this is a guy that you're gonna he's gonna run the ball 10 times they're gonna do a lot of zone read with him uh, maybe just straight you know you know direct snap to the quarterback and he's gonna run some sort of power they're gonna run some power sweep or something like that I mean he's a big dude I mean he can really kind of get and he's fast yep and he's tough to bring down and with Alvin Kamara in that backfield, uh, Latavius Murray is another pretty good running back. You can do different things with him. So, are they going to spy him? Yeah. Are they going to? What are they going to do with Hill? Boy, I don't know. I probably would. Uh, I don't think you have to. I don't think their passing game is as dangerous with him as it is with Drew Brees. I don't think you have to worry about getting beat deep as much. Although, you know, if you really screw it up, he can he can beat you deep. He has an arm. Yeah. He has a good arm, but. Yeah, better on than Breeze at this point. Yeah, refined pass. Yeah, Um, you know if if this. I think I said this in my prediction that I wrote. uh, If this game had been played a month ago and Taysom Hill was the quarterback, I might have been able to talk myself into. Well, the Eagles, you know, they're they're pretty good at stopping the run, and but the way things have gone lately, I mean, that seventy-seven yard Aaron Jones dagger. Uh, in their hearts Sunday just made me, I, I don't trust this team to do yeah. anything really, uh, you know, at this point um, it is probably plays a little more to their strength that with Taysom Hill, it's going to be more of a running game than a passing game. But, you know, I, I, I just don't think they're going to score enough points for that to matter. Maybe I'm wrong, you know, but, I just they haven't scored more than 17 points in a game since the bye. Uh, without that punt return for a touchdown at, at Green Bay, they yeah. would have had nine. Uh, you know, yeah, I, it kind of got sick of um, Jim kind of pointing out when you know, guy would have a big run. He'd be like, "Well, on the 17 other carries, you know, we held them to 2.3 yards right. per per yeah. try." And it's like, well, you know, I mean, you have to take them all, and, or you know, uh, it was only right. quarterback runs and, and trick plays and wide receiver end arounds. You know, we were stopping the running backs, yeah. but you know, we've seen now two out of the last three weeks, big runs from yeah. uh, good running backs and, okay. and Alvin Kamara certainly qualifies as a good running back. I mean. Oh, absolutely. And in the passing game too, you know, he can, he, he him against those linebackers or our safeties is uh Oh gosh, I don't even that's, think that's about a mismatch. That, you know? That's a mismatch. You know, um, yeah, and uh, you know, I guess you wonder if Darius Slade's going to be playing. He seems to be a little banged up, and um, I think he'll probably play. But I, I do think he's affected by these injuries, and you know, I, I don't think you're getting the best Darius Slade right now. And uh, you know, with everything else that's going on back there. I mean, you don't even really have to throw it, Darius Slay. I mean, Avante Maddox uh, 
has been as poor as any outside corner the Eagles have had in the last several years. And I like the guy as a, as a, as an effort type overachieving player, but he just seems to have no sense of the ball or, uh, you know, he, he just, he's a small corner. Who, yeah. And they've who had, doesn't make I mean, plays. Michael Thomas has really lit the uh, Eagles up before um, Manuel Sanders is, is an long time accomplished receiver. I mean, these are, these are quality receivers that they have on this team um, to, to pair with a guy like Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Uh, so even if Taysom is a little off and sometimes he is, and he can be turnover prone, um, it's going to be a tough task for this defense. And especially if the offense can't get anything going um, real quick, what do you, so did you make your prediction yep. yet? Do you have a score? You know, I wish I could remember my score. Uh, I think it was about 11, 12 points. Uh, I, I I can't imagine the Eagles are going to score more than 17. And I would say the, you know, the, the, the Saints end up somewhere in the high 20s. If they had Breeze, it might be more than that. Uh, the Eagles might be able to look, make it look reasonably close like they did last week, but it's not going to be that close. It's not going to be – a real uh, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. this is, uh, you know, they're 30 seconds left and it's a two point game and they have the ball. And they're yeah, driving. I mean, last I week I tried to talk myself into them keeping it close or them pulling the upset. And I'm trying to do the same thing here because, you know, look, again, anything is possible in the NFL. We see it every week. But uh, this right. team, um, you know, I think Hurts may give them a spark. I think they may be able to run the ball a little more than they have. And if Doug does stay to it and he may it may be forced to with with Jalen um so I'm going like maybe yeah like you like 20 to 16 or something like that which would be 11 point which win which would cover yeah it's you know when you see a uh a seven point home underdog I mean that's uh that's enticing you know that the way the league usually works, this year's a little different because being at home doesn't yeah. mean as much because there's no fans. But seven point home underdog, normally you'd be leery, but I'm not leery. Yeah, I said 27. Yeah, 16, uh, that's, that's exactly what I said. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm not going to get, I just can't get suckered into believing this is possible because there, there are, there's so many more issues than just the quarterback. Right. But um, I guess we'll find out in a few days. Les, thanks for uh, joining us, everyone at home, uh, yeah. wherever you are, reading, uh, listening to our podcast. Please read all of our stuff on Inquire.com. Tons of story, great content uh, on our website or however you get it, whether it's uh, you know, your laptop, your iPad, your phone, um, or the newspaper. Yeah. And sign up for the early bird newsletter as well. Uh, every morning in your inbox. Uh, not, not every morning, but almost every morning. It'll be... Uh, a mail from us, uh, email from us with uh, links to all of our stories plus additional content. So uh, thanks for joining for the uh, joining the uh, Birds VI View. I can't even speak now. Thanks for joining the Birds Eye View podcast, and we will talk to you all next week.